The Bible Study Podcast, episode 560. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings 18. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is one of the chapters that made me want to do a study of the kings of Israel and Judah, and it's because of this section, the second section here on Elijah, but first a section, Elijah and Obadiah. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. When Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab had said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land they were to cover, Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied, go tell your master, Elijah is here. What have I done wrong, asked Obadiah, that you are handing me over to Ahab to be put to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or a kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. I don't know where the Spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. Now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Elijah said, As the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So we get this little scene, this kind of prequel to the next big scene, which is with Elijah and Ahab. Again, for background here, the introduction of Elijah in the last chapter said that there was going to be a drought, neither dew nor rain in the next few years. No specific time frame given, but definitely going to be a drought. And we're in the middle of that. We're three years in, three years with no rain. Problem enough that they're trying to find grass just to keep some of the animals alive. And so Ahab and Obadiah go to look for some spring that hasn't dried up so they can graze the animals. And it's interesting, Obadiah is one of those faithful people. There are still faithful people in Israel. There are still people who believe in God, and Obadiah is one of them. And we learn there are still prophets, or at least there were at some time, a hundred different prophets that Obadiah saved. But notice that he saved them when Jezebel, that person who Ahab married, who is from Canaan, who is a Canaanite, 
went and tried to kill all the prophets. She intentionally went out to kill all the prophets of God. And Obadiah was able to save some of them, not all of them. We don't know how many died. We're starting to add up the count of how many prophets will die who are sent to tell people in Israel to turn around. The other interesting thing about that is there were over 100 prophets. God didn't just send Elijah. He sent lots of prophets to say, turn around. You're worshiping false gods. Turn around. Turn around. Don't make me come back there. I will turn this car around. I mean, basically, he's giving them lots of warnings through lots of voices. And then that leads to this showdown. Elijah on Mount Carmel. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood and not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Okay, so Elijah has a test here. He says, well, first of all, we have this scene about you, troubler of Israel. No, Elijah hasn't brought any trouble to Israel. They did announce there was going to be a drought. He didn't make the drought happen. He announced that God was displeased with what Ahab was doing, this false god worship, this killing off of prophets, this supporting of 850 false prophets, 850 prophets of false gods in his own household. It was that that was the problem. Elijah was just the bringer of bad news. But Elijah comes up with this test. He says, how about this? We have a contest. Whichever God can provide the fire for a burnt offering is God. How about that? We prepare an offering, we put it on the altar, but we don't light it. We let God light it. And the people go, well, that's a pretty good idea. Now, this is one of the reasons we like Elijah is Elijah really does believe. Elijah's got some some guts, too. He's standing up here, 850 of the false prophets, 450 for Baal and, five, and 400 for Asherah. And he says, you guys go first. Go ahead. Let's see what your God can do. 
continues, Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. I just love this sort of taunting of Elijah. One of the versions that I remember reading as a kid is, perhaps your God is occupied. Perhaps your God is on the toilet, was how it was translated in one of the living things. Basically, I don't know why this isn't working. Why? Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's traveling. Or maybe he's a false God you've been worshiping, right? Maybe there is no one there, and that's why no one is paying attention. And they've been praying all day. They're cutting themselves. Remember that they're... One of the reasons God hates this false practice even more than he hates other false gods is that it does involve a child sacrifice. It does involve violence. And so they're cutting themselves as part of this prayer. And they're dancing. And the dances might be great. The dances might be wonderful choreography. They might be stylistic or whatever. But if you're praying to a false god, nothing's going to happen. There's no one listening. There's no one listening. It continues, then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seahs of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. So Elijah is saying, Okay, you guys have been praying all day and nothing has happened. We're going to try it with wet wood. I'm going to pray to God, ask him to light this offering. That's not hard enough. So we're going to wet the wood just to see who is worshiping the true God. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let any get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. Elijah doesn't pray all day. He doesn't dance. He doesn't cut himself. He doesn't shout. He just prays this one simple prayer. And the reason for that is it doesn't matter the prayer. It matters who you're praying to. He is praying to the one true God. 
and God is showing off, and the people are terrified. They fall and prostrate. They fall on their faces, and they say, the Lord, he is God. He gets his point across. And remember all those prophets of the Lord that had been killed? Well, it's payback time. And he has them slaughter these false prophets. Remember those verses even in the New Testament that say, if you were a false prophet, better to have a millstone hung about your neck and be flung in the deepest sea. God is not thrilled with people who take us in the wrong direction with lies, especially lies about who to worship. But just in general, as we're thinking of kings, as we're thinking of rulers, God's not so happy with this false prophet, false leader, liar thing. And that's what happens to these false prophets. That continues. And Elijah said to Ahab, Get up, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. The seventh time the servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. One last trick in this story for Elijah, which is to outrun the chariot. But the big part of this is not how fast Elijah has gotten, but that God sends rain. One more sign that this guy, Elijah, speaks for God. It's good for us to listen to those who speak for God. It's good for us to listen to God and not to false voices, not to liars, especially not to false prophets. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You might guess that with this great ending, everything is going to go well in Israel after this, and you would be wrong. Stay tuned next week, and we'll talk about that. And thanks so much for listening. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.